Well, this is Africa, and this is particularly Rhodesia and the Belgian Congo. Please join us in listening to the remarkable story from the life and times of Michael Butler. In this podcast series, you'll be hearing stories from the primary themes of Michael Butler's life and memoirs. Politics, polo, theater, and love. Please subscribe via iTunes so you don't miss a single podcast. And we'll see you on the other side. Remember for sure that this is 1948. These were still colonies. You couldn't make this trip today and live to tell about it. Also, the fact that this whole safari took nine months. I kept detailed road records. I have a feeling the reason that those road records were kept was because of the arrangement with the University of Colorado, because I was supposed to make a report to them. I never made the report to the University of Colorado, but I did use this for entry into the Explorers Club. I met uh, John Tunstall, the director in Joburg, and he hired me as his assistant and also because I had uh, a vehicle and we could drive uh, up to the Belgian Congo. We had a blowout on the tires and we did a patching job and it didn't work, the tire went again, and so we wound up driving on the wheels and this was not going to work because we feared that the axle would be the next problem. So we stopped at a local village. We finally figured that we were going to not be prepared for the pot by the locals, that they were friendly and that they'll do anything they could to be helpful. And it really turned out to be totally delightful, giving us a house and everything to stay. And John borrowed a, a bike and went to drive 25 miles to find somebody. We entertained the local natives using the wire recorder where we had played, uh, or I should say recorded, uh, different things in South Africa. We would, of course, be making the trip while the rivers were in full flood and beyond Bulawayo, uh, flat areas, but we were running into some incredible scenes particularly at Victoria Falls. It was in full flood. The water mist was incredible, and it was called locally the smoke that thunders. Consequence, why it was very difficult, the only way we could cross it would be by pontoon, and the only way that that could be done would be at a very late time and the only train would delay us 24 hours. This was not acceptable to Tunstall, the director, because we had engagements up in the Belgian Congo with the rest of the crew. So we decided we would drive ourselves on the rail track, one wheel inside and one wheel outside the rails. It's a narrow gauge situation and we would, instead of wait, we would just do it. Well, we got along fairly well, very slow, 10 miles an hour, things like that. 
my big concern was that the mail train was going to be coming through and we had to be sure that we were off the tracks. But the track was elevated on both sides so that the floodwaters wouldn't be able to cause a big problem. And as a consequence, there were only a couple of spots that we could go off to let the train pass. Tunstall would walk along while I was driving the wagon and he had a very pistol to shoot it off in case the mail train came and we weren't uh, able to avoid it. All of a sudden, would you believe it? There was a, an open culvert, a big one. No way could we go across. We were really scared because all of a sudden we realized that we were going to have to back up and that driving forward on those tracks was one thing, but backing up when we couldn't cross on the culvert was really very, very difficult. As a result, we missed the train by one hour and 10 minutes. As a consequence, we would have been in serious trouble. We made our crossing with the pontoon and continued. Flat plains were growing into hills as we approached Elizabethville in the Congo. An English actress, Vivian, arrived from London at Elizabethville and joined the group. Well, after all of this trouble, why we began to feel everything was gonna be easy and then we came to the Shabunda Escarpment. The Shabunda Escarpment was infamous around there it was a long trip. The traffic was only one way. After those two days, it would reverse. And it was a road that twisted and whipped up and down. And so it was two days one way and two days another way. So we had to undertake going at that rate to try to get through. We wound up getting to Camp de Rewundi and also in Bukhara, and there we spent time with Prince Deline, who was the head man as far as shooting is concerned, sort of the game warden of the area. And uh, later on, I would spend some time with him. And the big thing was elephant hunting and a gorilla hunt with an actress, Vivian, who turned out to be a, a diva who was really a big problem. Plan was to encircle the gorillas and drive them into the area where the cameras were and everybody was. The big problem was that it was the habit to have somebody carry your guns. And the minute something would happen, a gorilla would bark or thing like that, why, the gun bearer would disappear with your gun. So I wound up grabbing my gun bearer and taking the gun off of him and keeping the gun myself. Uh, it turned out to be a very unhappy experience and we weren't getting what Tunstall wanted uh, and he uh, kept getting upset about it so forth and so on. And finally uh, we stopped and I had a big argument with Vivian uh, it just kept going on and on, but we wound up sleeping together. 
so uh, she could never be satisfied. Uh, anyway, the rogue elephant was in the area, and they wanted us to kill the elephant. Uh, I put my telescopic sight on my 375 Magnum and prepared to do what I was supposed to do to keep everybody happy. However, what happened is that with the telescopic sight, I couldn't see anything. The leaves were blocking everything, and it would have been a lot better if I, if I knew what I was doing, if I kept the telescopic sight off of the rifle, particularly dealing with the elephant. We had a, a very interesting experience, however. At night, we were going through very tall elephant grass, and all of a sudden, in the road front, there were a couple of elephants. I stopped the car immediately. I kept the motor running, because that was supposedly the rule. But John Tunstall wanted to get out of the car. I said, you can't do that. You're going to attract the elephants. They'll come in with their trunks. They'll just make kindling wood out of this wooden station wagon. John started to get out anyway, so I took my 45 automatic and poked it in his ribs and said, don't get out, because if you do, you're going to get us all killed. That was the end of the trip in that period, and Tunstall took Vivian, and they flew back out of Kostermansville to Joburg. Please subscribe via iTunes so you don't miss a single podcast, and we'll see you on the other side.